0: Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we're offering five conversations from season three, episode 44, our preview of the Paris Nash, and Naffel Summit conferences, plus from the vault, a section from our 2021 Paris Nash Review episode. Before we start, I would be remiss not to express condolences and sadness over the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Like nine-tenths of the world population, she was the British monarch for the day I was born until now, and always felt to me like a source of stability and good measure in a rapidly, chaotically transformed world. Now she belongs to the ages where I suspect history will treat her with kindness and respect and our friends in the UK and the Commonwealth and everyone in the world who loved and respected her will have her memory with us and on to discuss the conversation. Here we go. In this discussion, Jeff and I discussed the NAFLD Summit and what he anticipates from it. He starts by describing his enthusiasm about the session at which he'll be presenting. Not so much because he's presenting, per se, but because the session, titled Epidemiology, Disease Modifiers, and Models of Care, will offer one more chance to, as he puts it, hammer home the importance of integrated care and pathways. He also mentions the importance of the sessions covering NITs, which are pivotal to the way forward in NASH treatment, a session on new approaches to lifestyle modification, and the clinical trial and drug discussions. He's also looking forward to the private meeting meetings he'll be holding with industry there to help set the stage for a Wilton Park meeting later this year to make progress on seven or eight areas of work stemming from the consensus statement. Another interesting comment Jeff makes is on a completely different subject. It centers around the importance of broadening the topics at upcoming conferences as a way to break down silos between specialties. If you want to get someone from a different specialty to attend, he reasons, or he states, you have to give them enough content to make it worth their while to be there. Therefore, we will see more of that. Third subject, we veer into the role that other stakeholders and organizations might play, including the World Health Organization. We return to the World Health Organization's history of not even considering liver disease as a global health priority, although, as Jeff notes, WHO cannot deliver on its other priorities like diabetes and cancer if it doesn't bring liver science and medicine to the discussion. There's more. There always is with Jeff and me, but you'll have to listen yourself. This is not a typical meeting preview, what we're doing for the NAFL Summit, but Jeff Lazarus is always a fascinating and insightful guest, and he and I seem to bring out good things and spark ideas in each other. If nothing else, this conversation will make you think. So, sit Back, listen, enjoy, learn, when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn and Facebook discussion groups. Why don't we shift over to Apple Summit? First of all, what role will you be playing? And then second, what are some of the presentations and sessions where you will not be presenting that you are particularly looking forward to attending? Let's first one first. So what are you going to be doing there? What will your role be?
1: Well, first, I'm very excited about the first session, less so that I'm presenting than actually what it's called, which is epidemiology, disease modifiers, and models of care. And I'm going to specifically talk about evolving models of care and you know what the future is going to look like. So we've talked on this program before about the work we've done jointly around the world on understanding what models of care are best fit for purpose, the who, what, where, and how, making them multidisciplinary. So I'm going to get a chance to present this, obviously, to mostly clinicians and liver specialists. Um, but this is where we're going to get the hammer home again, the importance that everybody knows, but how do we really make this happen with multidisciplinary care? So I'm excited to see models of care there. I attend the INSHU conference, which is a network um, working with people who inject drugs and hepatitis, And there, we've had models of care on the agenda. For for many years, we even have an award for the best actual real model of care, not the best abstract, but the best models of care in practice, like mobile clinics and and so on, multidisciplinary care in addiction centers. So I'm excited that models of care is high on the agenda in the first session, and and I'll be at that. I look forward to subsequent sessions, particularly on non-invasive fibrosis markers, so the present and future. I mean, NITs is the way forward, and we've seen this again from our work, earlier in biohepatitis, as soon as we could get point of care or cheap tests, easy to use, non-invasive, in the case of biohepatitis, you know, dried blood spots, rapid antibody tests, using the gene expert for RNA confirmatory tests for hepatitis C and so on, things really started to change. This will be an exciting session where we have, you know, a whole discussion and panel around MITs. There'll be some sessions. There's a great session that looks like on new approaches to lifestyle modification. I want to know what the new approaches are going to be because I've heard a lot about lifestyle modification. We're all trying to modify and we know what to do, I think, in the field of fatty liver disease. So I'll look forward to hearing sort of what's what's new. You know, they have some bullets around, you know, nutrition and app specialists and exercise trainers and so on. It's always interesting to get updates on where we are with the clinical trials. Then there's a number of important clinical discussions that will be less maybe relevant um, for me as a, as a non-prescriber. But I will fill my time during those sessions with a series of meetings with um, industry partners and leaders in the field where we'll be um, talking about an upcoming meeting we're going to have at Wilton Park. This will be the third one. Wilton Park is a UK-based global think tank. They call them dialogues. And we're finally going to meet in person. We've been doing this online. That's where we had our NAFLD public health consensus statement meeting. It's where we did our models of care work. They're professional moderators. They bring people together to dialogue. So no death by PowerPoint. No traditional abstract driven presentations, but we will have, based on the consensus statement, um, seven, eight areas of work where we're going to be looking at research priorities and the subsequent actions we need to contribute to ongoing and, and future efforts to kind of pull together as a global community and address things. So um, again, we've done this in other fields and we did this in biohepatitis some years ago. And it was incredibly useful. I and mean, people can research in whatever they want, but this will give some guidance to where some of the big gaps are. So we'll be meeting for two and a half days at the, on the Wilton Park uh, grounds in, in the UK. And to prepare for that, we have a whole series of meetings in Dublin with key stakeholders.
0: And that meeting is in October, if I recall correctly?
1: That meeting is 17th to 19th of October. It's one of the few meetings that's specifically not hybrid. This is about being in the room. And if you're not in the room, as they say in Hamilton, we'll bring the room to you afterwards and we will engage you know, everyone who's been involved in the previous consensus statement, both the current ongoing nomenclature work, but also the public health consensus statement, we'll all be invited to comment and be a part of that publication. But we need to sit really around that big table and and hammer out our ideas. I know it's disappointed some people that they couldn't attend virtually, but this is really working in small groups, thinking together, walking and talking and so
0: on. How many folks
1: will be part of that meeting? There'll be about 47, and that's specifically based on the maximum number of people who can stay there.
0: So when you say about 47, that's forty-seven plus minus zero, huh? Well, you know, some people might not show up, so no, I got that part. It
1: won't be more than forty-seven, but I assume it'll be pretty close to forty-seven. Up to forty-seven. And again, that's that's a very specific goal we have. So each of the working groups is being led by someone from one of the international associations. Involved again, representatives of patient advocacy groups. So it's a big effort to make sure this is understood as a global collaboration, and there'll be you know, geographic and gender equity, and there'll also be other disciplines. So there'll be people from experts in the environment and sports medicine, as well as endocrinology, as you can imagine, from the world diabetes, obesity federation, diabetes federation, and, and largely liver specialists, of
0: course. I should tell you, one of the things I love about what you just said, I'd heard a little bit about this meeting previously from a couple of the attendees who asked why I wasn't going, and I said, because I wasn't invited, and I don't think that's how Wilton Park works. And I also love about this agenda is the range of issues that people are taking into account as As they start to think about NAFLD and fatty liver in general, and NASH, and whatever we're going to call it at the end of the day, as the emerging pandemic that it is, because the liver is hidden behind so many other things for years, and because it's hard to measure fatty liver disease in in a cost-effective and prognostic way on a patient-by-patient basis, Fib4 has been demonstrated to have some strengths in that area, but some weaknesses, and everything else tends to be a lot more expensive or hard to get your hands on. People haven't thought about this nearly as holistically as they are starting to now. So for example, your comment about who, who will be at Wilton Park. I thought it was fascinating that at the session that you talk about, that opening session, the first talk is Zobert, uh, you know, so you're talking about epidemiology, and the third talk is you talking about pathway models, but in the middle is Shira Zelbersaki talking about nutrition, which is important, but not necessarily conventionally how people think about medicine. I'm going to be fascinated personally by the session at 5.30 on Friday afternoon titled, How do pharmacologic treatments of comorbidities affect NAFLD? I think that's a great question, right? We're going to be talking about that in the third episode. Sort of our diabetes series and have various ways that you can treat diabetes can have an impact on people's livers, but it's a much broader question than that.
1: I, I think what you mentioned about you know yeah,
0: there's Zaver the
1: speaking on epidemiology, Sheer speaking on nutrition, me speaking on on models of care is a real sea change. You know, I, I was at this meeting many years ago. Like I said, as a non-prescriber, there wasn't a whole lot of, of much interest to me. And I think the field is understanding that to move forward, we need we need to broaden. So I think it's a great way to open the conference. And and then everything that's usually there will be there with the state of the art lectures, the updates on the clinical trials and so on. But if we're not addressing this, that's why you know there is some value to understanding that this is metabolic associated and engaging much more with our colleagues. We can't keep going, whether it's even, we learned it early in HIV and biohepatitis, we can't keep going in fatty liver disease on our own. We need to be engaging with others. The challenge is how to get them to come to a conference um, or stay at a conference if there's very little on their topic. And they Having hybrid sessions is extremely important, and I think during the COVID nineteen pandemic we've learned that 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 needs to happen in future. People won't travel necessarily for a twenty minute talk if it's a conference. That in general they're not going to be interested in staying at.
0: So I didn't mean to forget John Dillon, who was the fourth paper in your opening session. Apologies to John, because I think the topic of case screening is really fascinating. I think it's going to be an interesting several months on the question of primary care level screening as it relates to fatty liver, using the broadest and most generic term. Nice is due to come out with their. Final ruling on use of fiber scam in primary care at the end of September. Uh, they put forth a preliminary ruling in February. And based on community feedback, decided to solicit requests for further data, hold it open another six months for people to weigh in from different perspectives. We'll, we'll be hearing about that. We had Ian on a couple of weeks ago talking about some work that he's doing and a poster he presented at Easel that I think we'll see more on comparing different primary care screening strategies to ask which one was most cost effective. The conclusion he came to was that a method, I think that I forget the term he uses because I mean, this is conversation is going to go to this place uh, as comprehensive wound up being able to pick off 85% of what you could pick off in an idealized system which isn't everybody. Fundamentally, it's if you have 500 people, the idealized and total comprehensive approach can get 90% of them. The approach he was talking about, which basically starts with Fib4 and some kind of prospective fibrosis test all on stage one, winds up achieving 85% of that cost effectively as compared to some of the other approaches that may either hit those same kind of numbers for a lot more money or may have lower rates. But I believe we're going to start to see a lot more about primary care issues because obviously, and we talked about this in Barcelona and we you talked about this in Wilton Park in January, it, hepatitis is going to get swamped by this.
1: And really, you know, inspired a little bit by those discussions in Barcelona, um, Vincent Wong and, and I, along with um, a great group of colleagues, uh, again, Shears Zelbersagi and Ken Cousy, Patricia Carrieri, Eugene Wright, and Javier Crespo in Spain, just published in Liver International Management of NAFLD in primary care settings, where we go through, you know, the key issues you've just outlined. We need to set a focus on primary care. We can't overwhelm them, but we need to show them there's some simple tools they can use. Are they perfect? No. Is it better than nothing? I I sincerely think so. And it also builds the knowledge and the understanding. So one thing is getting them to use these simple tests like a Fib4. And the other is simply raising awareness among them that if they're so focused on diabetes, if they're focused on weight loss for obesity, they need to realize that one motivator might be understanding the risks um, to the liver and then also how to communicate about that because the provider-patient communication is, is really challenging. And often the liver is left out in a discussion with someone on their, Obesity or on their diabetes. We ignore the liver. There's a, again, a focus from Easel going to WHO, a comment where, again, in mean, the new technical guidance on non communicable diseases, you know, NAFLD and any version of it is not mentioned even a single time. I mean, that's just that's just hard to believe. I spent 11 years at the World Health Organization. I know how it works, so I know this is possible, but it, it really should not be happening. We're not asking to be on the cover here, but um, we're asking that when you talk about non communicable diseases, you mention one of the most prevalent ones in the world, which is fatty liver disease.
0: Is this the document where your memorable quote is? The only time you see liver
1: is in the word deliver. Yes, and that was. Thank you for remembering that. That was the previous report, but um, we can have an encore with that with that <laughs> sentence. Mm -hmm. You know, once again, we will deliver on diabetes care and cardiovascular disease care and we'll deliver on cancer prevention and care and all incredibly important. It's not a competition, but I don't think you're delivering on diabetes and cardiovascular and cancer, cardiovascular disease, if you're not addressing the liver as well. I think you're doing your patients more than a disservice. This is completely unethical to not be talking about what, what the impact is
0: on the liver. So Jeff, two wrap up questions. Okay. Number one, on this agenda, is there anything that people would not typically associate with your interests that you find particularly exciting. You mentioned non-invasive technologies, which isn't exactly right in your wheelhouse. Is there anything else in this session that you took a look at and said, "Gee, that's going to be interesting," just because you think so?
1: Personalized medicine. There's a lot of talk about what is this going to look like for NAFLD. I hope I can understand all of it, but um, I'm going to definitely go to that session because that's where the the world is moving. So on the one hand, we're talking about people-centered health systems, but we're also talking about how to get more and more personalized, how to get more and more individualized and I want to see, um, just like we talk about with the apps, and they can work one-on-one with machine learning and AI and so on. I want to see where we're going to go with personalized medicine. So that session six um, looks interesting.
0: Well, we should sit next to each other because it will be the blind leading the lame in the hall. Maybe between the two of us, we'll be able to figure out something about what's going on there. Because I agree, I think that's fascinating, and it's not something I understand all that well. Okay, one more question, one more question, actually commitment, which is after the Wilton Park session, I'd love to have you back on second half of October to talk about that meeting. And what came out of it. Like I said, I know two people who are attending who've already told me how excited they are about it and said, what do you, why, don't you, why don't you hook onto it? To which I said, well, it doesn't work that way. But I would love in the aftermath for you to come on and talk a little bit about what came out of that event as early afterwards as you feel comfortable doing so. Maybe the following week or maybe whenever. That sounds great. Probably a, a few weeks
1: after so we can digest it and, and action some of those points. But I'll be happy to share. There's no secrets happening at Wilton Park. At our meeting, Wilton Park is famous for lots of secrets. Um, that's It started in uh, True 46 as a place to speak in confidence with the so-called Chatham House rules, no attribution and so on. That won't be the case here. We're using this mainly for their convening and organizing and sharing skills rather than looking for a, a secretive event. So we'll be happy to share what's transpiring there and how we can involve as many people as possible to make it a truly global you know, set of research and action priorities. We're going to want as many people involved as possible. And like I said at the beginning, for COVID, we had 386 people involved in three rounds for over eight months. So we're confident with the tools and the team that we can involve a large number of people that they can all fairly engage. And we have a great group of people, you know, leading the process, representing all of the different you know, professional societies.
0: So fantastic. I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining today. I look forward to seeing you in Dublin in a couple of weeks and um looking forward to seeing you. Thanks, Thanks. for having okay. you back. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week to review the Paris Nash meeting. Once more, before we go, condolences to the UK, the Commonwealth, and everyone else around the world who considered Elizabeth your queen. This truly was a loss for the entire world and for the ages. Hopefully, next week will be less tumultuous, easier to deal with. In the meantime, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.